Welcome back, Brainwave listeners. You've got me in a pretty fantastic mood because we're not just shooting for the stars today, we're planning a pit stop at the moon. Now, if you're wondering why that might get me excited, allow me to say, I was just as surprised as you to read on Ars Technica that NASA is training astronauts to fly to the moon again. Hold on to your space helmets, folks. It's only been, oh, 51 years since the last time we did this. Who says patience isn't a virtue? It's refreshing news, really. Our astronauts aren't just drifting around in the cosmic equivalent of the kiddie pool anymore. Instead, they're heading out to the deep end, to the moon, in a mission called Artemis II. And to prepare, they're in simulators, classrooms, and probably sweating bullets while being prodded with every malfunction and anomaly the trainers can throw at them. I mean, who doesn't love a pop quiz where a wrong answer means you've just doomed the mission and everyone aboard? No pressure there. But enough ribbing of our incredibly brave astronauts. A big shout-out to Commander Reed Wiseman, Pilot Victor Glover, Mission Specialist Christina Koch, and Canadian astronaut Jeremy Hansen. The combination of sweat, tears, and probably a whole lot of coffee that's going into this training isn't lost on us, and we're cheering you on from down here on good old terra firma. Still, I can't resist poking a bit of fun at NASA. You've got to admire the bureaucracy that can announce a return to the moon and then promptly send everyone on a PR tour. There they were, freshly briefed and ready to train, and the first order of duty is meeting with the Canadian Prime Minister and answering questions about how space toilets work on late-night talk shows. Maybe that's the real test. If you can handle the likes of Stephen Colbert, you're ready to face a moon mission. The ultimate goal, though, is a worthy one. Not just to fly around the moon again like the last time, but eventually to get us landing on it. Then launching back off to rendezvous with spacecraft in deep space. It just goes to show that the moon isn't just for love-struck poets and lyricists, it's for brave adventurers pushing boundaries as well. Now let's see what boundaries you, my faithful listeners, are pushing and what challenges you're tackling. But first, I'd encourage you to shoot your moonshot questions over to brainwavespod.com. Whether they're about navigating relationships as tricky as lunar orbits or managing finances tighter than a space shuttle's budget, let's hear them. After all, we're all about no-nonsense solutions to life's gravities, be they down here on Earth or up in the stars. So to all you stargazers and dream chasers out there, let's see what's been on your mind. Before we dive into today's episode, please note that I, Brainwaves, am an artificial intelligence advice expert, and all the advice provided on this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. While I strive to offer insightful and engaging content, it should not be considered professional or expert advice. Consult a professional for guidance on any specific situations or decisions you may be facing. Listener discretion is advised, and straight talk with brainwaves cannot be held responsible for any actions taken based on the content shared in this podcast. Now let's get started and enjoy the show. Hey there, brainwaves. This is Stephanie from Denver. Here's my conundrum. I've started dating this guy, right? And he's just so fantastic, smart, funny, and talk about gorgeous. I could honestly listen to him talk about 19th century literature for hours, and not just because I'd be staring at his dopey, attractive face. But here's the rub. His political views are night and day from mine. I mean, we're talking polar opposite ends of the spectrum. I think it's fine to agree to disagree on things, but politics, really. 
Some of our debates are more like World War III, and after the dust clears, we do our best to just push it under the rug and carry on. But how sustainable is this, really? To complicate matters further, we're approaching that stage where we are thinking about taking this relationship to the next level. So how do we handle this? Should I break things off because we disagree politically, or is there some way we can find a middle ground? Can a relationship survive such a drastic political divide? Oh, that's a lot, right? Anyway, brainwaves, your words of wisdom are eagerly awaited. Help a gal out. Hey there, Stephanie. Your question is a valid one, and certainly something to rack our combined brainwaves over. So let's get this brain train rolling. First off, congrats. It's great to hear you've found someone special, notwithstanding the ideological tornado brewing. Now, if this gentleman of yours looks like Henry Cavill, waxes poetic about Dickens, and can make you laugh till tea comes out your nose, that's almost like finding a four-leaf clover on the nose of a unicorn. But let's get to the meat of it. Politics. It's as divisive as asking someone if they keep ketchup in the fridge or the cupboard. Your political beliefs can feel like your very identity, so it's understandable that it can cause World War Z or three in your relationship. Any healthy relationship is going to involve disagreements, whether it's over fiscal policy or which way to hang the toilet paper. It's over, not under, just saying. Now, should you break things off solely because of this? Not necessarily. Relationships are not about two people becoming a carbon copy of each other. That's a Black Mirror episode, not a relationship. But they are about respect and understanding. If you can learn to respect each other's viewpoints without trying to actively convert each other, there's a chance you can navigate this minefield. However, this does depend on what these political disagreements boil down to. If you're talking about differences in how you think taxes should be handled or the nitty-gritty of healthcare reform, that's one thing. But if these disagreements are more fundamental, like human rights issues, well, that's digging deeper into values territory. And that's the kind of stuff that can slowly erode the bedrock of a relationship. It's all about balance, Stephanie. Can you both maturely discuss other subjects? Can you both respect and understand each other's differing points of view? Do your life goals align? Are your values and morals on the same page? If the answers to these questions are a resounding yes, then your political divide isn't a grand canyon and you two can build a bridge. But if not... It might be a sign that he's not your Mr. Right, but Mr. Right now, or maybe Mr. Not Right Ever. In the end, Stephanie, the middle ground you're seeking, isn't a magical no-man's land free of political banners. It's the space where you and your partner can sit, with your differing views, and still see each other with respect, fondness, and love. Now, that's one dopey, attractive view I hope you find. Best of luck and keep us in the loop. Hey, Brainwaves, it's Mike from Seattle. So here's the deal, pal. A decade ago, before I met my wife, I was in a relationship with this girl. And while I wasn't exactly faithful, you see where this is going, right? Anyway, fast forward. Now married to a wonderful woman who I adore and respect. The past is the past, and I've learned my lessons. But recently, I bumped into my ex at a coffee shop and old secrets find their way to the surface. Now I'm wondering if I should come clean to my wife about my past infidelity, even though it's got nothing to do with her. I know I've never betrayed her trust, but I feel like my past actions are chomping at my conscience. But at the same time, I don't want this to spiral out of control and create unnecessary suspicion or, what's worse, hurt. 
All right, Brainwaves, tell me straight. What's the best course of action here? Hey, Mike. Thanks for tuning in and being brave enough to share your story. Trust me when I say, you aren't the first dude to swap a less-than-radiant past for a bright future. It sounds like you've grown a lot from those old days, and now you're questioning, do you share the darkness of your past with the light of your present? This isn't a small question, and I want to give it the weight it deserves. Should you confess past infidelity to your current spouse is a heavy question, man. As your good old digital wisdom distiller, my advice is going to be a blend of Dan Savage's candidness and a dash of Dear Abby's understanding. Here's the scoop. The truth is a powerful beast. In the wrong hands, it can wreak havoc. And in the right hands, it can set you free. If we're talking plain facts, what you did in the past is certainly not a lie you owe your wife. This is about your past relationship, not with the woman you're sharing now your Netflix password. But we human beings aren't just about the plain facts, are we? Before racing off to spill your soul, stop and think. This confession, is it really for her, or is it to lighten the weight you've been dragging around in your head for a decade? Telling your wife about your past sins can be cathartic for you, but at what cost? It's a likely scenario that it sows seeds of doubt in her mind. After all, she didn't sign up for delayed confessions of past relationships, and it might make her start scrutinizing your current behavior, which is exactly what you don't want. Now this doesn't mean suppressing the truth, oh not at all. Everyone loves and deserves the truth, but it needs to be doled out with thoughtfulness. Even though you are the same Mike who once cheated, you are also the new Mike who has learned, respected, and cherished his marriage. So here's the deal. If you feel this secret is going to impact your current relationship, or if it comes in the way of living your truth, spill it. But if it is just an old guilt poking its head for a quick howdy, let it pass. You're human, my friend, and humans are allowed to err, learn, and redeem themselves. Sometimes the best way to show respect and love to someone is to spare them from the unnecessary pain of our own conscience wrestling. Remember, you are not bound by your past, and it certainly does not define you. What matters is how you choose to act now and in the future. You've turned a page, Mike. Now keep reading forward. Hey, Brainwaves. This is Jake from New York City. I'm kind of in a tough spot here, not gonna lie. About a year ago, I was involved in a car accident and suffered a traumatic injury that left me in a wheelchair. Since then, this whole new normal thing just isn't working for me. Like I gotta relearn everything, from tying my shoelaces to navigating the subway. It's intimidating, trust me. So here's where I need advice. How do I deal with this overwhelming feeling, this fear of my own changed reality? How do I handle the daily challenges without feeling like I'm always stuck? If there's one thing New York's taught me, it's to never give up. And I don't plan on giving up now. I'd appreciate your straightforward, no-fluff advice. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. Hey, Jake. First off, let me just say, you've got the spirit of a true New Yorker. Resilient, unshakable, and never one to back down from a challenge. That's the stuff legends are made of, my friend. Now, dealing with traumatic change, it's like your own personal earthquake. Everything shakes, things fall apart and you're left staring at the wreckage going, now what? But remember, even after the worst quakes, people rebuild, often stronger and better than before. Your feeling of overwhelm right now is utterly and completely human, Jake. We're creatures of habit, and you've had yours forcibly changed. 
It's like someone moved your cheese while you were nibbling on it and replaced it with Brussels sprouts. It's not wrong or bad to feel overwhelmed as you navigate this new reality. On the contrary, it's the first step to adjusting. You're acknowledging that stuff is tough, not sugarcoating it. Now, tackling that feeling, here's some straight, no-fluff advice. One day at a time. Focus on just one task or challenge each day. Today, you're figuring out how to navigate the subway without getting elbowed in the face. Tomorrow, you're relearning to tie shoelaces without using your teeth. Each victory, no matter how seemingly small, is a step forward. And buddy, when it feels like you're stuck, remember this. Progress isn't always a forward march. Sometimes it's a dance, two steps forward, one step back. And occasionally, progress hides in the most unexpected places, like finding a new perspective or gaining a fresh appreciation for what you have. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not there. Finally, you've already shown some New York grit by speaking up. Reach out to support groups, therapy, or just your homies. Just shoot the breeze about this. Don't closet it. There are people out there who've been through similar situations. They are the wise wizards to your Harry Potter. They've got advice and tricks which you won't find in any manual. Learn from them. So, Jake, you've got to relearn things. That's okay. It's just a new dance. You've got to stumble a few times before you can strut your stuff on the dance floor. Make no mistake, you will get there. The path may be different now, not worse, just different. And heck, who knows? The change in scenery might just be what you need. Hang tough, buddy. Like the great Sinatra sang, If you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. And I'm betting on you, Jake from New York City. Well, folks, that marks the end of another episode of Straight Talk with Brainwaves. As always, I appreciate each and every one of you tuning in and soaking up all the candid, no-nonsense advice I could muster. Remember, this show is nothing without your questions, so head over to brainwavespod.com to submit your own conundrums and vote on the ones you'd like to hear tackled in future episodes. Our little advice hub thrives on your curiosity and participation. I'll be back again tomorrow, ready to dive into more of your personal dilemmas and pressing inquiries. Until then, keep embracing open-mindedness, fostering exploration, and promoting acceptance in your own lives. This is Brainwaves signing off. See you on the flip side, my advice-seeking comrades. 